this is like, this is so weird. This is a hot take. This is like a Christopher Nolan film for children. This is like, we have this yes. outlandish premises. You're trying to, this is fast. You're trying to follow. And it's like here, yes, we have talking cats. We have talking fish. Like, let it sink in because this is what's happening now. Buckle up. You're ready to go. Back to Netflix Roulette. I'm your host Kate Hughesby, and today I am joined by Sabrina X Monica, aka Sabrina Ramirez. That's right. um, you might know her from the latest reviews on First Cut. Also, you might have seen her several other places, such as Nerdist, um, her Patreon. Uh, where else can people? Where else are you doing things these days? Ooh, kind of all over the place. Obviously, I'm on SEN um, once or twice a week. Uh, Geeks of Color website, the YouTube channel. That's a lot of fun. Just kind of scattered around all over the place. You'll find me somewhere. Just scour the internet. And what is it about reviewing movies and TV shows for you that makes you love doing it so much? And like, kind of, how'd you get into that? It's been it's been a blast. Honestly, I chose to write reviews for myself when I was younger. Um, I would, I would honestly just like watch a movie and I would just pick up like a piece of paper and a pen and I would just write what I liked about it. And I didn't really know too much about film at that point. Cause I was only like 10 or 11. Um, and it's just become, become one of those things where I love film so much because I think it mixes all different kinds of art forms into one, you know, the music, when it comes to the soundtrack and score, obviously we have like a photography aspect with the cinematography and stuff like that. And obviously directing, writing and acting and performing. There's so many different art forms all in one place. And that's why I appreciated it so much. So I really love to like break it down piece by piece, bit by bit, considering all of those aspects genuinely like what I enjoyed in a completely subjective manner. I love criticism in general, um, whether it comes to music or everything, because people take something so different from all different, one second, I have to sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyways, backtracking so it could be semi-seamless. Uh, we'll try. Um, so, I, <laughs> so I was always interested way and taking all those aspects into consideration and then um even just the whole subjective aspect of criticism I really enjoy I love how something can affect somebody in a certain way and then not be not be like have the same impact in for a different person like something like Under the Silver Lake from last year is a film that I love that not a lot of people love and I totally get it it's not like a when it comes to criticism, it's not like an I'm right, you're wrong. I just share my feelings. And if somebody wants to read it and they want to disagree and they want to um, say why they feel a certain way or agree with it, like I, I just love all of it because it's just celebrating like filmmaking and art in general. So that's why I really love it. And then obviously having, having a RB3, having Andres Cabrera, Dorian Parks, all of them as partners whenever we're reviewing something, it's always a fun conversation. Yeah, it's really nice that like, uh you rb3 ace um you guys have really worked and been consistent and really sort of carved out your own pocket of the youtube space for like reviewing movies and i feel like you guys are at this point where people can really count on you to give us you know what we need to hear about a movie without you know uh being too like imposing i feel like you guys have such a cool balance of opinions like 
um, the first cut squad and everyone across there, uh, the, the platforms that you guys uh, do your commentary on. And um, I, I know that me and Ace are going to be doing a Legend of Korra season two recap yeah. on first cut. So uh, look out for that on the channel coming up. Um, and I also was curious, do you have any experience making films or acting or, or making art yourself or is or do you focus more on the critical side of things? Sorry, could you repeat uh, the last question? It cut yeah. out. I was just curious, um, do you have his, any history with like uh, creating your own art, like films or performance or music or do you focus mainly on the critical aspect of the art? Yeah, that's actually a great question because it's something that I love to talk about. I love writing and so I've always done that myself. Um, I, I plan on like finishing up like a screenplay and things like that all throughout this quarantine. Um, but it's just something that I've always done for myself and I never really thought about kind of pursuing it. Uh, it's just something that made me happy and I've made films like in high school and things like that. I was in all like the film clubs and um, I was in like National Art that's what we did every single week was just sit down and like celebrate art whether it came to like film photography was something that I really loved um so yeah it's it's I've done it all I've done it all a little bit I'm not saying I'm, I'm great at everything um but that's that's the fun part that's something that I want to pursue my writing and stuff like that but yeah I really just enjoy the whole criticism aspect too because this isn't something that I thought I would be doing on a daily basis and it just it just kind of happened. <laughs> yep. That really is just, yep. it, it just happened. It started slowly with me doing first cut, uh, like the meaning of weekly. And then we're like, views, let's do this. And then it just goes to me getting invited to like press screenings or events or things like that. And so it's been this snowball effect that I've absolutely loved because I mean, being able to sit down and watch a movie and then just talk about it afterwards, that's stuff that I did for fun anyways, regardless. You know how it is when you go to a movie with right, friends right. and you just have those conversations. It's yeah. And post it to YouTube or I write an article and then post it to Geeks of Color. It's It's been a blast. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because film really does incorporate every medium and it's like you kind of have to become you have to become training, you have to train all of your senses to sort of pick up on the little things, you know, like the music, the the lighting, the, the acting, um, and creating this sort of community around, you know, discussing those things. And it's sort of like the way that we see ourselves on screen, we can also see ourselves in our reviewers or the people we listen to and, you know, take uh, advice from. And uh, I think that, um, you guys nailed that. Um, I think that one thing that First Cut does really well, which I'm curious to ask you about, is the programming and the weekly schedule. How do you guys sort of determine what you're going to talk about that week, and like, uh, yeah. how do you like how you guys go about that process? Yeah, I love this question. It's it's really cool because we all just kind of work as a team. Like you mentioned, kind of the dynamic that we have. All love we a particular genre that maybe um all of us aren't as familiar with so it's cool to get the ideas from everybody every me andres and rb3 all have a voice and whatever so i'm like hey i really love bill and ted i would love to do an episode of the meaning of on the franchise since we started doing some franchises like back to the future and everything um and especially it's relevant because the new film it's cool to have that type of thing and then 
we always just kind of, for like the throwback episodes, we always just think about what's relevant or what's important or something that we haven't talked about before. That's kind of what we focus on. And then for like film reviews, it really boils down to like what we genuinely want to see, what we think our audience is interested in. Um, Cause obviously there's, we don't review every single movie that ever gets released. I know there was like this Russell Crowe unhinged movie that came out in theaters and drive-ins or something. <laughs> we didn't we didn't talk about that one um maybe we will one day (laughs) i know it's it's one of those things so that's that's what it is it's not that we're like covering every single thing in the entire world but we just like the legend of Korra episode that like you guys are doing the season two recap of that's something that i i remember when on even though i'm not particularly like uh i haven't seen the series but i love the fact that we have three different people who have different focuses who are interested in different things so we work together. Sometimes we separate yeah. and it'll be only like two of us doing a review or, or even one of us. I reviewed and that's what I love because we're all so different, but we work together so well. So it just kind of, we just base our scheduling on um, our availabilities, kind of working around what times we can all be together on Zoom and on StreamYard and whatever we're using to record. But what's important, something that we're really passionate about. I know like you came on for our King of Staten Island review because you love Judd Apatow and like I love Judd Apatow so that was cool to have that yeah and that was cool to have that conversation and that dynamic because um I that's that's one that I definitely wanted to talk about and then Bill and Ted that we're going to do the review for love that one uh random things especially throughout this time obviously we're not included in that one because we didn't get to see it um, so it's, it's just kind of been like that. It's really nice to have three people that work together so well. And I feel like that's what we have. Yeah. And, um, I'm really curious to hear about your Patreon because, um, I think that Patreon is such a really cool, like, uh, platform for, you know, creators to actually start to see value out of, you know, the, the work they make. And I was just curious, like, what your sort of approach is to Patreon as a creator and then also, like, what kind of content you make on there that um, really excites you and uh, your fans? The biggest blessing of the entire quarantine, it's something that I I didn't know I would have the time or capability to do on my own. And something that's so interesting because I've only done First Cut and First Cut is my like number one love, that's my baby, uh, along with Andres and RB3. But branch off on my own because I know sometimes for availability reasons, we're not able to cover every single thing in the entire world like I talked about just in the previous question. Mm-hmm. But um, this kind of gives me a chance where it's something that if I want to talk about it and, um, you know, I I have an outlet for it. And it's been really awesome because I didn't know that I, there were enough people that actually wanted to see this type of content from me. It's just something that I was actually surprised about how fast it grew. I've only been doing it for like a month. Pretty large community behind me. And it's cool because I've gotten to know them better. They are a lot of um, subscribers from First Cut readers from Geeks of Color or some subscribers from like the Schmodown Entertainment Network. And it's all kind of mixed together. We have a Discord. I'm able to interact with them and engage with them more. And I'm able to put out literally anything, every single, what I do for kind of like the base uh, subscription for my uh, Patreon is I do like a Sabrina on film live stream. So every single week I cover a different topics. So this week I'm doing like music and film. So talking about like soundtracks and scores. I've done like a24 there's broader categories there's more like um, narrower ones like next week we're going to do batman just batman in general uh because it was requested yeah and i'm excited because we're gonna be able to talk about every single batman um and 
and that's something because on first cut we did we did the tim burton batman films just a few weeks ago with dorina and mm -hmm. that's awesome because we're able to talk about this but when it's just myself i can talk about um, and make it only like an hour and a half long but since it's just me and it's just my voice I'm able to talk about everything uh, and it's just really cool I like I like being able to do everything kind of on my own time with scheduling and not have to worry about um, anyone else's schedule in terms of the patreon so I can pump out as much or as little content as I want like it really just depends on the week um, yeah and it's been it's been a really great addition for me for like to first cut because um, some of the things that I wouldn't have been able to watch, like I'll do watch alongs and things like that, that people will request. And like, I saw cats. I never watched cats. I never wanted to watch cats, but I did a drunk watch along to cats in a drinking game. Oh so it's God. like, bam, knocked it out. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And then everybody's like being a fool in the chat and I'm being a fool on camera and it's just fun. And it's just an, another level of interaction. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, let's jump into Netflix roulette. Um, Sabrina has played once before, but I'm going to explain the rules for those of you who don't know how it works. Basically, Netflix splits up their content into thousands of random subgenres using codes that are three or four digit numbers. And so when you go on uh, Netflix.com slash browse slash genres and type in those codes, you will land on something very specific or very broad or something international or something that's a hit classic. So. Uh, each week, one of uh, the guests will provide the random numbers, and we'll go from there, watch whatever movie we land on or TV show, and um, we'll come back and review it for you guys and let you know what we think. Last time, we watched uh, the first episode of a very uh, conspiracy theory-like uh, documentary series about... Um, the 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 secret family in Washington D.C. Like it was it was really interesting. Um, so yeah. hopefully we get something equally as cool this time, or um, you know something more fun. Uh, I, I could cats. Go <laughs> cats isn't on Netflix, but let's just watch Cats and review it. I'm down for that. <laughs> um, hopefully we get something a little light today. Um, what are you in the mood to watch? What what would be something that you would? Ooh turn on I I've this has been I've been watching a bunch of like mix of completely random stuff but I kind of in the vein of like Tenet and stuff like that I kind of want to watch like a bigger film or it's I'm I'm kind of on the thing of being like a huge spectacle film like an inception or something like that or yeah. like a really small independent film so that's kind of where yeah. i'm at right now that's kind of what i've been watching so i so it'd be cool to get one of those but i'm down to see i'm down to see what we get do i, I pick these numbers now yeah so whenever you're ready just give me your numbers and we'll just keep going until we find something and so how many how many numbers is it uh three or four uh, usually four, but three works sometimes too. Okay, I'll do this is so tough. Three. Four nine. Sorry, you froze. What was it? Zero four nine. Zero four nine. Three zero four nine. Oh, nothing for that. Okay, so, I'll spin I'll, again. Two, zero, zero, 
2004. Let's try that. 2004. <laughs> 2004, baby. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing the cat in the hat? Is that yeah. it? We have landed on the cat in the hat. And the category for 2004 is movie starring Alec Baldwin. <laughs> so I guess. There's a whole cat category for Alec Baldwin. It's the only movie starring Alec Baldwin. He plays the um like drunk abusive neighbor boyfriend uh of the like the stepfather character. Oh, okay. I haven't like, seen this. You know what? I haven't seen this in a while actually. So I'm like, let's go. I'm I'm here for this. This movie is a trip. Okay, guys, we are going to watch The Cat in the Hat uh and we will be right back in a flash. I tried to make it rhyme. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Kwan. Thanks for babysitting on such short notice. I'll be back in a couple of hours. Conrad, Sally, remember the rules. No playing ball in the house, no fighting, no answering the phone, city morgue. And absolutely no one sets foot in the living room or else. Hit me. This holiday season... Universal Pictures, DreamWorks Pictures, and Imagine Entertainment invite you to the ultimate house party. Let's get this party started! From Brian Grazer, the producer of The Grinch... Mike Myers. This cat is currently in violation of 17 of your mother's rules. 18! The Cat in the Hat. Homona, homona, homona. Who is this? That's my mom. Awkward. All right, guys, so we just got back from watching The Cat in the Hat, and wow, uh, it is... <laughs> It is something else to watch that movie as an adult. Um, Sabrina, what did you think about that? Yeah, like you said, watching it as an adult, I feel like it's just a completely different thing. Um, honestly, my biggest takeaway is the aesthetics of it. I loved the way they set up every single thing, all the set design and all of the fun colors and things like that. It really does bring that like Dr. Seuss type of story to life. Um, the performances were something else. Obviously, this is yeah. something more outlandish and more extravagant and things like that so the performances have to be dialed up to like an 11 and they are ridiculous but it is a fun time I mean if you were sitting down and having some like drinks and watching this movie I feel like it'd be a lot of fun with some friends um do I think it's the most wonderfully constructed movie in the entire world no but what are you looking for if it's like a, a children's Dr. Seuss adaptation. I feel like you're just looking for some like fun, good times, great aesthetics. And that's what we got with this film. And I, it's so interesting because I totally forgot like Dakota Fanning and Spencer Breslin were the two children in this movie. Yeah. And Spencer Breslin, he was like the king of like child roles at that time. I don't know if you remember all the Disney Channel original movies and things like that. And same oh, with yeah. Dakota Fanning. And her, both of their acting chops as children are really, really good. Because sometimes you watch performances, and obviously it's kids. They're still doing better than I ever could. But um, 
they actually did a really great job. Yeah. And uh, that's because they got two really great performers. So it was a lot of fun. It was a blast to, uh, to watch today. I'm glad I got the chance to see it again. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a movie like made, uh, you know, through that Dr. Seuss, like, can't, it's, it's really like a, Dr. Seuss brought to live action is I would describe it as camp. Um, and like with the production design, the acting, the self-aware, uh, you know, I was thinking about like, what, it, what are other Dr. Seuss live actions? And I was like, oh, the Grinch. And uh, that's the only one I could have, uh, that's the only other one I could think of. Um, but this one is even more, I would say a little bit more grounded than the Grinch um, because it does have like a more um, like real world sort of story to it with like the conflict with the, the step, the Alec Baldwin character. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the contrast between those two characters, the two kid characters are so it's such a fun contrast sibling like rivalry almost yeah. that uh and it's really it's cute to see it throughout the movie get like they actually become closer like as siblings uh and that bridge that that gap between them is sort of bridged a little bit by uh the cat which <laughs> let's talk about the cat because <laughs> the cat in the hat is a life view philosophy I think yep. I've realized oh, yeah. after watching this movie, it's like, does he exist? You know, that's a question I was actually asking myself quite a lot through the movie, but there is no real logic to this movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, Michael Myers was funny and there's so much adult humor like sprinkled throughout it that like if you were a parent watching this with your kids like there's a whole other layer of like comedy like yeah. with the lawyer and references to like Martha Stewart's cooking and like uh the the whole work environment um for the mom like I I don't know about you but I genuinely felt bad for the mom character like in the beginning uh because she works in this office where the you know, the boss is like basically like a germaphobe, tells everyone he's going to fire them. It's kind of like Trump 2020 scenario type boss. It, it seriously is. And it, it brings it. I completely understand what you're saying about like kind of bringing it this children's premise but if you're an adult you have this different appreciation because it really is just painting the picture of like a horrible boss and the lady who is just trying her best and she has two children who are children they they mess things up they do all that but she's never like stern with them and actually like she's still a really great mom and she's still very earnest and charming at the end of the day even when they're doing normal children hijinks but then she has her boss that's like hey if the house is bad you're gonna get fired and so she's just making sure that that's not going to be the case, but she's never, she's still so warm and kind and she's very, she's just a very loving mom. And she paints the portrait of like a, this suburban mom. She's on her own, um, dealing with these two children. And then she has Alec Baldwin's character, which is the reason why we're watching this movie in the first place. Uh, the genre code movie starring Alec Baldwin. That's crazy. And he's, he's like the villain of the story. And it always is really interesting to me in children's films when we have the villains are like adults in general. Because if you're a child and you're watching yeah. this, besides the mom, every single other adult that we're actually introduced to is kind of a bad person. And so yeah. it's an interesting thing to see. And it almost like 
goes to show when a child is watching this, it's like some people, it really does give you that dynamic of like some people are bad people, some people are a certain way, and uh, but there's still a lot of good when it comes to adults. So, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, I want to defy everything that adults tell me, I don't, yeah. I don't, because you want to like rebel. This really goes to show with, um, Kelly Preston, I believe her name is, her character as the mother. It's just one of those things where like, there's great ones too. You can build a great relationship. And I love the dynamic between the two kids. Like you said, they have that kind of like, they have this like playful bond. In like the beginning, they're a little bit less close. And then at the end, they have that like playful, cute, sweet, wholesome, like brother, sister relationship. Cause they went, just went through a whole thing, an entire crazy day. And it brought them closer together and the cat, did all of that and like you said Mike Myers performance hilarious like literally so funny and I also love the fact that you brought up Dr. Seuss live action movies because from what I knew before going into this I just knew this was received very very poorly like this was like torn to shreds <laughs> so I wonder if this was like the death of Dr. Seuss live action films and they just haven't yeah. wanted to do any since because I believe Grinch became, came before this and then it was this one and now we haven't got I feel like this this is something that we could do I feel like this is almost ahead of its time does that make yeah, sense that, I, yeah, I definitely get that vibe from this movie yeah it's full of style it's full of heart and I don't think it's like perfect by any means but it's fun it's a good time like it's it's something like this where you randomly stumble upon it somehow and then you're like I want to I want to check this out. I actually know it my roommate loves this movie. My roommate Mackenzie loves this movie and her one of her best friends it's actually her favorite movie of all time. Wow. So and I and a lot of that probably has to do with like nostalgia for yeah. when this came out because we were we were both like I don't even know like 8 9 so this was perfectly for our demographic. Yeah, um, I mean Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, I would just wonder how this would hold up, like, because I do believe that this is, like, kind of ahead of its time, and if children watching it today, I don't know if it would work as well for them, even though I believe it's ahead of time for people, like, our age, where we, if we see, saw this kind of, like, style and stuff like that in, like, a children's movie, if it would appeal to us more, because they do have those adult jokes, but I wonder if it would still connect with kids, because nowadays we have all this technology and everything, and it's not just, like, she's yeah. on, like, a like a crappy phone and she's like has like a to-do list or like crappy tablet or whatever but nowadays like people yeah that just, was so funny I I loved it and she's like this like older she's like this mature child and then her brother is like a normal child and I I just love that dynamic but it is really interesting I wonder how it would hold up with actual kids today yeah um I remember seeing on TikTok on my for you page there was this um <laughs> there was this guy who would just post videos of him buying cat in the hat dvds like he has like a hundred and like what yeah and so it was like this whole thing and it's like this movie has is honestly so iconic and it holds so many memories for people that like it it's so ridiculous that i think that it's sort of like an appreciation for our generation almost like i don't know if it would hold up today necessarily because yeah. i think like um, I think a lot of kids would find it cringy. I mean, again, I don't know what they would find interesting, but um, I think that for me, like the reasons I loved it so much as a kid are um, sort of the same reasons I kind of still love it, which is like all of the wacky 
you know, production design and like the cat being like totally anti um, like rules, anti, um, you know, basically adult uh, canceling out like the adult perspective in the movie yeah. because it just like, um, it reveals like this, the cat is almost like, I see it like he's, he is like childhood like personified almost. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's why he disappears when the adults show up. But um, I think one of the most iconic scenes in my mind is like the cupcake scene where yeah. the purple stuff is going all over the walls and the they have to clean it up and the kids actually like feel bad because they know their mom has this party. And it's sort of like this journey of like the kids realizing like they can't just always be like at a hundred percent. Like they need to, yeah. they kind of figure out throughout the movie, like we need to like respect mom, like mom and uh, like not make the house a mess. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really interesting because like that's, it's kind of, like you said, the cat is literally like childhood. It's like, he's a cat. He has the mentality of a child. It's like, do whatever you want. Who cares about consequences? Consequences don't exist. But at the end of the day, with using the cat as like a tool for that, they kind of learn so much and they do care and they realize consequences because they're with somebody who doesn't. And it's, it's right. one of those things that I think is really interesting. And this is a sweet movie. And I do think that it just really hit our generation at a really good time. And I think this will, I, I don't know, just because through the aesthetics and everything, like this really did have a lot, a lot of style. And this is the most grounded um, uh, Dr. Seuss film that we've had so far, like you said, because we have that whole yeah. suburban uh, Americana, like American dream type of thing. It's mom works at a real estate. Look at this suburban neighborhood. Literally every house looks the same. It's almost eerie. Yeah. It's this weird like I don't want to say like dystopian but it's like this weird dystopian yeah dystopian. it's like this weird dystopian world and it is really interesting um but yeah I had a blast I thought this was a lot of fun I'm happy because I haven't seen it in a long time so it just completely left my mind I always preferred the Grinch but now as an adult I think I really like this one purely based off of like performances aesthetics like the cupcake scene even like him um the cat kind of like playing into like the whole infomercial thing that we kind of had in our so generation. Fun. It's it's something like, I remember if you're watching TV for a long enough time, like if it was late at night and you weren't supposed to, all you would see is infomercials. We'd see like Slap Chop, we'd see like OxyClean, we'd see all that stuff and it's it really encapsulated right there because I don't know how many, how like infomercials are today. I never like see any, um, but it's, it yeah. is really interesting. And I do, I do think this like speaks to our generation a lot as children. Yeah, and what would you give this movie out of 100% on Sabrina's Tomatoes? Ooh, that is tough. I would say, I would say purely for the fun and purely for all of that, it's genuinely a good time. So like as a film constructed, I don't, I'm going to go completely subjective here and yeah. I'm, I'm going to say like a, I'm going to say like a 71% because I do think it's really fun and I think it actually holds up really well. And obviously it's pretty dated, but even the visual effects are still like pretty great. I mean, we have like a talking fish <laughs> and it's interesting because- Yeah, the VFX were good. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because we had the conversation, we were joking about cats earlier, and I bet if they did cats this way, it probably would have been received a little bit better. <laughs> this looked a hell of a yeah. lot better than what we saw in cats. Um, I think dressing up and doing all of that, just doing a practical effect like that works so much better than being all visual effects with like, with like a face and fingers and feet. It's just it's weird. I loved what they did here with like the entire costume, all of that. So that's why I'm giving it a 71% because it holds up well. Visual effects are good. Uh, performances are great, over the top, amazing. Even like the fake wig the mom has. Like, I love the wig. It's ridiculous. It's not yeah, realistic it's, at all. It's like they took the yeah. story, it's like they took the book, like the, the cartoon drawing and like be, that gave them a lot of freedom to like not worry about making the VFX perfect per se and yeah. more like stylized and that makes it kind of hold up I feel like better. A hundred percent. Yeah I'd say I, out of a hundred I'd probably give it like I'm gonna just very subjectively give it like a 90. Um, uh, yes. Just because I, I feel that. like this movie like goes down in history uh you know for me and so many others and um I think that they just really, I think they did like a really great modern adaptation of a book um, because they incorporated like so many things that would have never ever been in a book um, that made it so much more relatable to like kids at the time it came out. Yeah. And it's just so iconic. Um, and Michael Myers and um, the two kid actors, I have to just, I have to like give it all the the credit. You're so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that like what what do you think they could have done better? I'm curious. It's interesting because I just think the direction sometimes got like overwhelming a little bit to like watch as an adult when you're a kid and you're watching a film. This is like this is so weird. This is a hot take. This is like a Christopher Nolan film for children. This is like, we have this yes. outlandish premises. You're trying to, this is fast. You're trying to follow. And it's like here, yes, we have talking cats. We have talking fish. Like let it sink in. Cause this is what's happening now. Buckle up. You're ready to go. I, I honestly love that. This is like, it's all of that. And so I just think if the direction was like, maybe like a little bit tighter, I don't know. There was moments where I thought it like faltered a little bit, but there was amazing like transitions things like that. The writing was pretty good. And especially even talking about a film that came out like over a decade ago, in terms of all of that, it's still pretty impressive because like sometimes yeah. like writing really doesn't hold up, especially if they make too many references to a certain generation. It just gets stale when you watch it later on, if there's like yeah. a lot of pop culture references and things like that. But there's just enough with like the infomercial stuff where it still holds up. So I think I just think it's, it honestly, what it was ahead of its time in terms of the style and everything like that. And people just thought it was weird. I like what it is. I wouldn't even change too much about it because I really did enjoy it. So I, a 71%, it sounds yeah. low, but it's actually, it's, it's high. I mean, I, I loved what, what they did with the Grinch and with this one. It was just a lot of fun and it was a perfect time for us to see that when we were kids. I think even this is yeah. literally like, or even like a Wes Anderson movie for kids. This is also, that's also what I think. It's like if Wes Anderson, Christopher Nolan had a baby of a film and popped it out for children, that's what this would be. So <laughs> I'm here for it. I think it was also ahead of its time because of how self-aware it was. Like 
they break the fourth wall a few times. Um, he talks to the camera directly. Like, um, you know, they just, they were very um, meta with it, which I think ages it well, um, because that's very popular right now in comedy. Um, with things like Rick and Morty and um, Deadpool, even Deadpool. with Fleabag. Exactly. Yeah. And so that part of it, I really enjoyed now, um, which was interesting. Would you recommend uh, people listening now go watch this movie tonight? Oh, hell yeah. I say eat an edible, drink a drink, watch this movie as an adult, see how you feel, see how you feel after all of that, because I think that this is a lot of fun. And especially coming off of all the fact that, first of all, we have no summer movies, basically, this entire season. I think this is something that you can watch at home and feel like you're having some type of experience because of the visuals and because the aesthetics and even like the sound design and everything. It yeah. really is something trippy. And it's something that if you experience it as a child, it's a completely different layer to experience it as an adult, like we said earlier. So I would highly recommend it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Since it's on Netflix, it's next Netflix. It's accessible. Go check it out. It's free on Netflix. Yeah, Let's go. If you haven't if you haven't seen The Cat in the Hat, you have to go check it out. Um and I think that's that. Um thank you so much for coming on today and <laughs> thank you and reviewing this movie with me. Um it was great to talk to you and catch up. Where can people uh find you right now? Uh and what do you want people to check out? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SabrinaXMonica and then also Twitter at SabrinaOnFilm and then my Patreon, patreon.com slash SabrinaOnFilm. Check out our stuff on Geeks of Color. Of course, if you're not subscribed to this channel, subscribe to the First Cut channel. And thank you so much, Kate, for having me on. It was a blast. Yeah, uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you so much for watching.